the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 147 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend with us. We are on Twitter. I'm at Justin Hughes 365. Andrew is at AMCQ82. And the podcast official Twitter account is at Baseball365Pod. It's the final month of the baseball season, which means that August has come and gone. And I thought it'd be fun to talk about some top performers this last month and if our views on them could be changing as we finish out this year and start with our prep for this new offseason and draft season, that is. And after that, we're going to talk about some streamer pitching options for this next week. Let's get Andrew on. Um, Andrew, it's the final month of the year. It's the sprint to the finish line. We usually do talk about this at the end of each season, but I'll ask this question again. How are you managing your teams different during this final stretch that you maybe wouldn't be doing early in the year? Um, I think you can pretty much kind of put aside how you feel about a player long-term or, you know, like if they're banged up at all, um, you can just kind of move on, you know, react quicker to things going on, stuff like that. So like, for example, I have Matt McLean in my main event league and there's a good chance I'm going to cut him this weekend. Like you just can't, just can't wait for guys to get healthy. Yep. Stuff like that, you know. I'm gonna obviously look into it before um, before making that call for sure, but pretty sure I'm gonna be doing it. So the only other thing I was gonna bring up that I thought of was categories. Pay attention That's, to the categories. Yeah, that that was the other thing. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yep. Yeah, you if you've got a big lead in home runs, RBI, and all that, but you you know you maybe have four or five points you can gain in stolen bases where it's tight, you may start a guy that you normally wouldn't want to start just off the off right. chance. I mean, even, um, oh, shoot, I'm just blanking on the, I don't even know if he's playing every day, the Cleveland outfielder, Miles Straw. Is he even starting for them right now, or is he more moved to the bench with Loriano in there? I think it's been it's been less lately, I believe. So if you have a Miles Straw type player, let's just say that, you might play them just because of the fact that they can provide more for you for that little sprint than somebody who's got pop. Just pay attention to your categories and what you can gain and lose with each of them. Yeah, and also look at, I think it's easy to just look at what you can gain, like where you can move up. But Mm -hmm. if there's teams on your heels, like, you know, if you have 125 steals and there's a 124, 123, 122, you know, where you could lose points. I mean, you got to be aware of that too. So. For sure. Oh, one other one other thing I would mention real fast um, is in fab. If you're bidding in fab, obviously there's only three fab periods left. If it, you know, assuming weekly fab, but I would, and I I've said this before, especially in like the second half of the season. I do it a lot earlier than this, but. I would be aware of what other people have in fab and you know, you can, there's a lot of situations where you can block owners from getting players with your fab. So if there's like a crucial player that say like your competitor needs steals and you don't, there's a clear guy to pick up. You have more fab, you know, you just bid one more dollar than they have. Make sure they don't get them stuff like that. Just little things like that. I'm always paying attention to fab and like dollars and who has, what you know so i definitely remember you doing that to me and arm too about four years ago i I do it all the time yes you out you bid one dollar more than what i had for a prospect that had shot up some rankings and you got them i didn't because you bid one more dollar than what i had all right so uh before we get into talking about some top august performers i thought i'd bring up just a couple news bits um jason dominguez who we talked about last week he has four home runs in his first seven games here on Friday night as we're recording. His, he had his fourth home run and stole a base, so he got his first combo meal. It was his first stolen base. What a first week. I mean, Andrew, we talked about him last week. I mean, is this guy about to become a top 100-type player this offseason? 
Man, I hope not. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's getting uh, it's pretty wild. He's playing really good. Yeah, and he's not striking out too much yet either. I mean, he didn't take his first walk until either today or yesterday as we're recording, but, you know, he's putting the ball in play and taking advantage of that Yankee Stadium. I know his first home run barely got out in Yankee Stadium, uh, hit another one tonight, and, yeah, I think he's enjoying playing in these parks. Yeah, it's obviously a small sample, but anytime you get a player that's talented like this and they come up and do well, even in a small sample, there's going to be people that are aggressive on him. So I, I was hoping to land him next year and not saying I won't, but <laughs> with every home run, that price is going up just a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll probably, whether it, whether it should or shouldn't, I mean, that's just the truth. I'm sure we'll be talking all about him and where we kind of feel he should be. And it will be here come the off season. But um, talking about a couple news bits, we had two prospects that were pretty high ranked in and um, a lot of prospect rankings that I, you know, look at were called up in the last forty-eight hours. Jordan Lawler came up and had his first game with the Diamondbacks on Thursday. You know, he started slow in Double A, finished with a two sixty-three batting average there, three sixty-six on base, fifteen home runs, thirty-three steals in eighty-nine games. That was a 121 WRC plus, 21% strikeout rate, 11% walk rate. Then he went briefly up to Reno, which is an extreme hitter's park. 16 games, 358, 438, 612 slash line, um, triple slash with five home runs and three steals and a 149 WRC plus. So I, I like that they got him up and out of there. I honestly think that putting really high level prospects and putting them in Reno for a lengthy amount of time is not a good idea because you can get them a little, maybe a little too confident. So he came up and then Evan Carter was called up for the Rangers and he had his first start on Tuesday or Friday night as Adolis Garcia went to the injured list. Carter also started hot this year, but then missed a chunk of the season with a wrist injury. Um, 97 double a games this year hit 284 with a 411 on base and a 451 slug, he hit 12 home runs and 22 stolen bases. Only had eight AAA games, but he hit 353. Didn't have a homer, but he had a few skills. I I I wrote eight. I don't think that's right. I think it was three. So I thought it I'd was, ask. Yeah, it was three. I think I thought <laughs> I'd ask it to you this way. Um, Carter and Lawler. How do you compare these guys in Dynasty? You mean just like long term? Yeah, or? yeah. How do you feel about these guys in dynasty league as compared? And we'll get to the redraft part in a little bit. In a little bit, but I don't think there's I don't think there's too much to say in redraft. I mean, I think they'll get picked up in most leagues where they're available, like redraft. But I mean, how much impact they'll have over three weeks is anybody's guess. You know, I don't I don't think there's really a ton to do there. They could e- either one of them could chip in a few steals and. If you need a steals bump, maybe that's. But they're going to hit in the bottom of the lineup. Yep, and both if you're are. really, if you're really chasing a flag, I mean, I don't know how much they're really impacting in the next few weeks, but they could possibly. Um, yeah, Dynasty. I mean, I, they're both really good prospects. Um, I probably like Lawler a little bit, a little bit more, but yeah, I mean, they're both. Very solid, you know, steals probably from both, obviously different positions. Curious to see kind of where Carter's power ends up, but, um, you know, fixtures hopefully in the future on good in good lineups and stuff. And, yeah, I think they're both comparable, but I like Lawler more, I think. Yeah, I definitely like Lawler more. Um one thing with Evan Carter I've been curious about is I've heard some, you know, other people say it's like when he gets to AAA, they're really curious to hear what the exit velocities are. And he only played eight games but um, or in AAA, so it was a small sample, but the exit velocities weren't great in the early going there. But again, small. Sai stole, stole a base tonight. He did. Carter. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. 
So he got that first hit. I was watching whenever that happened, and it was like a 2-1 count and a pitch inside that was off the plate. They called strike two, and he got almost the exact same pitch and flung it out there in the right field. <laughs> Didn't want to strike out looking on uh, two consecutive balls, and then, yeah, stole the base right afterwards. So good for him. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, it's exciting. Anytime, like I've said before, but anytime we get these talented young kids up, and there's so many of them coming up, it's just – I feel like we could do a show every few days and have new guys to talk about. It's just, it's just constant every week. I mean, I feel like the last three or four weeks, I feel like I've made the notes like Tuesday, Wednesday for a Friday show. And then by Friday, I'm like, Oh, we've had a couple call-ups in the last few days. I got to throw those guys in there. It's just yeah. constant. It's pretty cr- soon. We'll be pretty soon. We'll be talking about Ethan Salas. <laughs> <laughs> almost made that joke somewhere i think i might have the feeling like the impossible like guys that just can't get called up and then they do so mm-hmm. who, know, who knows yep these new rules i i mean to give man for credit I, he made a change and it's resulting in more guys getting called up late in the year which used to be a normal thing but it's not been a thing for the last decade really yeah all right, so let's talk about some top August hitters. I, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to pick just the top guys because a lot of those guys, the, those hitters and pitchers, they're the studs. There's not as much to say about them. I tried picking guys that maybe are, you know, were low, are lower down in the rankings that maybe they're even getting overlooked, maybe not getting noticed as much, and all or started out the year slow, and that's the case with our first guy here it would be trey turner uh i'll bring up i'll his august line here of 108 at bats he's had a 324 batting average with nine home runs two stolen bases 23 runs and 26 rbi here this month with a wrc plus of 175 pretty good for or incredibly good for him because his first half was pretty rough for him um for the his normal standard, he hit 247 with a sub 300 on base at just at 299 with 10 home runs and 19 steals and 395 plate appearances. That was going into the All Star break, but with the hot August, he's now hitting 262 and he's got 22 home runs and 25 stolen bases. So, I was a question I'm asking myself. Can Trey Turner actually sneak back into the first round? Do Do you think you could draft him there? Uh, when you say sneak back in, I mean, he's, he was there before, right? Yes. But I don't know if he was there and actually I, I should have looked. I get what up. you're saying. Like, like mid season, maybe yeah. we weren't taking him there or whatever. Correct. Yeah. 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 Well, I think, I think if I had to peg it, his, his draft spot will probably be anywhere from like the middle of the first on the high end to like the early part of the second. So I guess, yeah, I think most of the time he'll be drafted between like 11 and say 17, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. So, yeah, I think, I think you will like get into the back of the first round. Yeah. In a lot of drafts. Who do you think has a higher ADP this off season, Trey Turner or Ellie De La Cruz? throwing this one at you ellie you think so yep i think so too just because the upside i don't like yeah because i i I mean trades obviously you know they have you know they have the same exact amount of stolen bases (laughs) jeez because i was actually going to bring it up on this show but ellie was one ahead of him but uh trey stole one tonight wow so they both have 26 stolen bases. And Ellie missed what? Like, I think he came up. Uh, it was May? like th- like 240 less at bats or something like that. Somewhere in there. I don't know. That's nuts. But yeah. He, and, you know, I think anybody's going to pick Ellie to beat him in the steals. But I don't know. If yeah, I, that's not the be all. I didn't mean that was yeah. the be all end all. I was just saying it. Yeah, I just saw it. I, like, if you were to ask me who's going to win more categories next year. I'd take Trey Turner, but on that same note, the upside with Ellie is like so ridiculous 
he could be the best player in the league if he can get his batting average up to and you know on base and all that get it up there just high enough yeah that's that's uh, yeah i think it's close because i think ellie's gonna hit more homers mm -hmm. and i think he's gonna steal more bases so at that point i mean i mean i'll give trey batting average for sure but runs and rbi are kind of like i don't know i just feel like that's a little harder to predict it is you know I actually didn't even read down further in my notes where I said I was going to do a him or him game with Trey against Ellie in there. <laughs> so you're saying Ellie will go higher. Do you th do you think Tr Witt, Bobby Witt with this second half, he's going to go higher, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think Witt's going to go right at the top or really close, like three, four, five. Yeah. I think I you're think right. Go really high. But um, Corey Seager was the next shortstop I put. I mean, I would think Trey's going ahead of him just for the steals. Would yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I think I think when, but like with those two, I'm probably. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I'm going to be in on Trey in in like the late first even, but. I, I just there was just too long of a stretch there where it was bad, and I don't. I feel like it's more likely to like heading into next season. I just feel like it's more likely to see more of what we saw for those few months than this crazy hot streak he's had. I but, I do tend to I don't to know. Get a little it just kind of scares. Yeah, it just scares me a little. Like I've always kind of thought with Trey. Anyways, like even before this, when he was, you know, top of the board or whatever, I've always kind of thought like, man, when it when it dries up, it, it could dry up a little quicker than the typical stud player because it's not like he's leaning on crazy power. I mean, it's mostly speed is what drives his fantasy value. And obviously with that comes pretty good batting averages most of the time. But um yeah, I don't know. I just I think that there's so many younger players now that just have more category juice and I kind of feel like best case with Trey Turner is honestly kind of what he's doing right like what he's like his season line right now. I, I just don't think it's gonna get um get better really. It, it the line looks good now because of this crazy run he's had, but it was rough. I don't know. I just, I just, yeah, I just worry about it a little bit. And I haven't had a share of him anywhere this year, so I um haven't experienced. Yeah, me that. either. You don't have a trade yeah, anymore. Well, just just in RM two, but okay. No re, no redraft. All right, let's move on. We'll move on to Marcel Ozuna with the Braves, who has had an had an amazing August. Uh, hit three fifty eight with nine home runs, twenty four runs, and twenty five RBI. That entire lineup is cooking in Atlanta, and Ozuna's stepping up his game. His season line now is 270 batting average with 32 home runs, 71 runs, 76 RBI, WRC plus of 135. I went and looked up his ADP. It was 341 last year. Um, that obviously is going to go up from where it was last year um, in terms of this next winter, but I wonder if it's going to rise enough to price me out. Um he was pretty bad last year, or in 2021, and was just okay last year. I wonder if his age is going to scare some people off. And, you know, I, I went, I thought about this, and I was like, I wonder if he's signed through next year, and I went and looked, and yeah, he is with the team. Like, he's under contract with them next year, and the, Atlanta's got a 2025 club option, so he's likely not going anywhere this offseason. So, again, him or him game I thought we'd do with some outfielders, but before I get into that, I guess just, you know, I know you have some Azuna shares. How are you just feeling about him in general? Man, he's been – he's just been on fire. It's I feel like every time I look down, he's hitting another home run. It's pretty nuts. But I haven't thought a ton about him for next year. I mean, the cost is obviously going to go up. But I also feel like a season like this, especially when he's been good previously and veteran type, I I feel more confident now that he will have 
plenty of leash next season mm-hmm. because of the season he's had. Like sometimes with some of these guys, when they're playing bad, like he was, you know, for a year, year and a half, whatever it was, there's that worry like, oh, he could lose his job, he can lose playing time and all that. And I mean, that could still possibly happen, I guess. But after a year like this, he's going to have a lot more rope next season. So I think that, you know, that helps, obviously. But the the cost will be more, too. So it just kind of depends on, you know, where you're at with it, I guess. Yeah, they were still playing him when he was just okay or not great the last couple years. He, I mean, he'd have to be terrible next year, I think, for a long stretch to start getting phased out. So, yeah. So I'm starting high here. I picked some outfielders that a lot of them we've talked about recently because we've, especially as we we're doing the guest the ADPs. Um, Jordan Walker versus Ozuna. Uh, you're just saying like for who I would take? Yeah, this off season. Who like for like next season? Mm-hmm. Walker's been hot lately. I would take. I would take Walker. I figured you would. I agree. Um, James Outman. Uh, I think they'll go in a similar range. I think it comes down a little bit to just what you need. Mm -hmm. Like if you need power, I think it's clearly Ozuna. But if you need some steals mixed in and feel good about Outman... I could see it being him. I think that one's pretty close. So we're pretty close to even there. What about like Jack Suwinski, yeah. who's a similar type player? Ozuna. Yeah, because uh, Ozuna's showing that he can yeah, it's he just can actually hit better, for a higher average. Right. Yeah, I'm just convinced Suwinski's not going to hit for averages and obviously the lineup difference. No, Ozuna might not, but I mean, everything, right, else, right. everything else, you know, looks pr- pretty comparable, I think. In that. Yeah. I mean, the biggest... If you want to just nitpick anything, it's like Braves lineup, Pirates lineup. I mean, that's mm-hmm. enough for me, you know, especially when they're similar players. Another good point. Um, Kelnick, he's further down, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Not saying I would be, you know, who you would want at cost is a different conversation. But, yeah, I think straight up. Ozuna probably over Kellenic, yeah, at least as of now. Okay, so it sounds like what did I say his ADP was three some three forty one. I mean, that's probably going to be more in the give or take twenty five fifty slots here, somewhere in the two hundred yeah. range, I would think. So yeah, okay. Um, the last hitter I've got for us for a hot August is Kerry Carpenter. He was scorching hot last month, hit three forty seven with nine home runs, two steals. 21 run and runs and 20 RBI in 101 at bats, and in 94 games this year, which is 355 plate appearances, he's now hitting or yeah, um, he's hitting 289 with a 352 on base. He's got 20 home runs in those 94 games, 45 runs, 56 RBI, a WRC plus of 137. What are your thoughts on Carpenter, and do you think you'll you could be interested in him this off season? I didn't realize how great he's been. Yeah, definitely. I've got him on a bunch of teams this year. Um, I mean, I thought it was one of the most or one of the least talked about things last year or this past off season was that he hit thirty six home runs last season. Between double A, triple A, and the bigs. Wow. And I was kind of digging into him last offseason and or this, you know, this past offseason, and it was just like, yeah, the Tigers are gonna play him. And he's just hit for a ton of power in the upper minors. I mean, and it was like round 25, 26, you know, where he was going. So yeah, I've got him on quite a few teams actually. He's been he's been really good, especially lately. So yeah, I don't think the price will get too crazy with him. I mean, it'll be a little bit higher, but the one thing I don't love is that I feel like that park is will try to sap any power that you have, but yep. he's been all right. So, yeah, I don't think it'll be too expensive. I could see myself being in. Between Carpenter, Torkelson, and Riley Green, things are feel like they're looking up for the Tigers' offense. I mean – when was the last time that they had a good offense? I mean, was it? Are we going back sure. to 
Miguel Cabrera, yeah. Victor Martinez. Martinez, yeah. Maglio. Yeah, J- Did they have JD Martinez on those teams? Yes. Or was that, yeah, that's, that was that's maybe true. a little after. No, that was that was that era. Yeah. Yeah. That's going back. Some time. Yeah, it's definitely going back time. Yeah. They're Tigers are definitely on the they're on the upswing. It seems like it's been kind of quiet because they're not they're not like a playoff contender. They're in a bad division. Um but with a few moves in the offseason, I could see them like winning the division next year. Yeah. If doable. they make, you know, they're going to they're going to need to make a few moves, but you know what I'm like you see some of these guys progress a little bit more and then like the pitching gets a little healthier. I mean, yeah, I could see it. I mean, the division just isn't that good, so it's kind of there for the taking if somebody's going to step up. I I think they have a chance to. You know, that leads me to like sidetrack into a conversation I was having with our buddy Lucas about him three or four weeks ago about Javier Baez and that six years, $140 million contract that they've got with him. Um, oh my gosh. I didn't realize Baez has an opt out after 2023. What do you think the odds are that he opts out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not happening. So, I I was telling him I'm like man I really wonder how long the Tigers will hold on to him as they've got this up and coming team and he's just so bad I mean yeah uh, like at some like this contract is going to end with him getting released at some point I can, I can't imagine they're able to trade it for unless they eat like eighty percent of the deal maybe ninety percent but uh, so right. I mean to have Let's see, through 2027, that means after this year, they have four more years of him under control. And with these hitters coming up, I'm just like, man, I don't I don't think it would happen next year, but I wonder if the year after next, it actually is possible. And it's wild. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see it. I mean, it's going to, like you said, it's going to end that way for sure. It's, you know... It's not it, the sad part is, and this is on the Tigers. This contract, everybody, nobody wanted the, their team to sign him to that kind of contract. I know, like, it just a guy with that type of skill set is not the guy you give that kind of contract to. It stinks, but the good news is for the Tigers, they got a lot of young, cost controlled players right now, so it's not like it's hamstringing them. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what what they do this off season. They're kind of a team to watch in the off season. I think just given the context of the division and obviously the Miggy's going to be retiring. So mm-hmm. that's going to free up a spot that they've just been, you know, throwing him out there and Casey Mize will be back. I mean, there's some, there's some good things going on there. They're still kind of on their way up, but. And, you know, they took Max Clark in this last draft, and he's probably a little while away. But I'm just hearing good stories about him in terms of the person he is already. And he seems to have a real good head on his shoulders. So if they can get him up and, you know, he can progress through there real well, which just hearing the stories about him, I'm like, huh, that's impressive. So, yeah, they're building something finally. And Yeah, good yeah for it seems, to be, seems that way. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and talk about some uh, hot pitchers from August. Okay, we have some pitchers to talk about. I'm going to start off with Freddie Peralta who is the second best pitcher in August, according to the fan track scoring. And yeah, that's not the best system, but it's how I went and found the guys this month. You know, pretty accurate for showing who's pitching well. And Freddie has in 30 innings had 46 strikeouts, a 2.1 ERA and a 0.9 whip. And through 145 innings this year, he's 11 and eight with eight, 187 strikeouts and only 53 walks. Uh, 3.86 ERA and a 1.13 whip. Are your thoughts changing on Peralta? Um, you know, he, he's now thrown. I, I, I forgot to go look and I didn't check, but I'm assuming he pitched well this week. I think he pitched Wednesday. And if so, he's thrown 150 innings for the first time in his career. 
Yeah, he gave up three runs in five and a third. So, yeah. On... So, yeah, not too bad. Officially yeah. at 150 innings for the first time. Yeah, yeah, 150 innings. Yeah, nice to see him be able to do that after just 78 last year. And he's pitched well, yeah, been hot lately. Um, yeah, I think you gotta you got to like him going into next season. So him or him game, I've written down some pitchers here. Um, I feel like this the first guy at the very top of this might be the like almost a polar opposite <laughs> of Freddie Peralta with all the strikeouts, but um, George Kirby, who doesn't walk anybody, who would you take Peralta or Kirby next year? Yeah, they're very different. Very. Um, I would take Kirby. What about your boy Yuri Perez? My boy. I think I believe he's your boy. Yep. Really? Oh yeah. You love Yuri Perez. Well, I mean, who doesn't? I mean, he's so <laughs> damn good. Um I think that one's pretty close. What about Glenn? I think yeah. I think Yuri's better, but he's not gonna throw as many innings, so maybe not. I mean Peralta's just now getting hundred and fifty for the first time. Yuri could get to one fifty if all things break right for him. So it may not be too big of a gap. Yeah, I, w- I would probably take Yuri. Yeah, but it's it's fairly close. Um, what about Tyler Glass now? Another guy who's not thrown. I'm tr- I didn't write it down. I'm pull- trying Glass to pull now. it. You take Glass now. Yeah. Okay, Gavin Williams. Man, real quick, how high is Glass now getting? Like this is pretty. Man, he's going crazy. I have never been able to. I mean, I actually don't. I think I don't even. I think last time I was going to go like really, really high. I hope not because I don't want to be out on him. But, you know, he's never thrown more than 111 innings in the majors yet. I know. But the and don't take this the wrong way because I'm with you. But with your mentality, with innings and just how I know from talking to you, you're going to be out on him. Yeah, I believe like. He is going to go so high. That's going to make me like, sad. He is just, yeah, he is just going crazy. <laughs> but that said, that last K- start was, sorry about that. Go ahead. <laughs> no, his K per nine is just absolutely ridiculous every year. I mean, it's for going back 2020, all the way back to 2020 since, I mean, his lowest K per nine is this year at 12.1. Yeah, and he's had a sub three walk per nine in that same stretch. What's he at? One hundred and thirty-four Ks in ninety-nine innings. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. I've never yeah. been like, even like at the beginning of this year or at times this year, I've thought about like who I would project to be a top five dynasty pitcher in five years. And Glass now, even though he was nowhere near anybody's list, I, he was still at least somebody I was thinking about. I just can't quit the guy. I think he's incredible. And if, yeah, I wasn't in on him this year and I feel like I'm always a little behind on just when people want to take him because I do question the health Mm -hmm. a lot. Um, and I think there's a lot of track record to back that up. I mean, he just can't stay healthy, but man, one of these years when he randomly stays healthy, I mean, he could literally be the number one pitcher. I mean, it's just, Yeah. yeah, it's know who that upside's really high that made me think of because i feel like we were saying that about him a lot with steven strasburg it's like yeah one of these years he's gonna throw 180 innings and then he did it they won a world series and he was awesome um all right so we sorry i I cut you you (laughs) off on the well there's a few more names you can still list through them yeah we're kind of we still haven't gotten anywhere with like yeah that we're definitely taking peralta yet uh joe or Gavin Williams, I think, was one. I mean, I, I think you have to take Peralta and redraft next year, I at least at, at at least right now. I mean, I love Gavin Williams, but I think he's going behind there. What about Joe Ryan? Peralta. Okay, Justin Steele, who apparently I didn't realize is like might win the Cy Young. This yeah, year? I want to say I want to say something real fast on Justin Steele, and I would take Peralta. Um, but I think it's, 
fairly close. Um, I've thought about this since we recorded two weeks ago, and my projection for Justin Steele's ADP was egregious. It's not even going to be close to that. So I think mine I just was wanted, like around a hundred, wasn't it? And weren't you like one seventy? Yeah, it's going to be way higher than that. And I and I don't think I'm going to be uh, all over it or anything. But yeah, he's he's right there for the sigh. I mean, it's yeah. I was just I was off on that for sure. I under under uh, what's the I don't want to say underestimated because I know how good of a season he's had. But just um, I think now that we're like getting towards the end of this year, and he's just continuing to do this. And the more I've thought about it. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely going to go a lot higher than I had said. So I think I, I was that way with a lot of our American League. I'm like, man, I almost feel like I could redo almost uh, the majority of my American League ones. And I'm definitely go, like, I'm like, I shouldn't say definitely, but I'm like, I'm already taking an L in my head about saying I'm we're going to see Jackson Churio first over Jackson Holiday. I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that one, especially when he got called yeah. up to Triple A. But yeah, that happens. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We definitely went a little while on Peralta and sidetracked a bunch. Um, another pitcher that is just blowing up is Cole Reagans. Um, I didn't know it was possible to say this next sentence that I'm about to say. The Royals unlocked something with this pitcher. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they've had so many good arms or p- arms that people really liked go through the system and really have not pitched to the level they were hoping. But Cole Reagans, they got... He he was in the Aroldis Chapman deal, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. And in 36 innings since joining the Royals, he's had 53 strikeouts to only nine walks, a 1.72 ERA, 1.06 whip. This guy's exploding. He's had eight starts in that stretch and has not allowed more than three runs in a game yet. I don't know if anybody's added more helium to their profile in the second half. Can you think of anybody? No, not really. He's been dynamite, like just, and everything seems to back it up. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, he's definitely shooting up in every format there is. I made a real strong bid for him in one dynasty league that was a daily league. I mean, I put a pretty good bid, and somebody put like twice as much as me. And in a daily league, you just don't see people bid that high of dollar amounts too often. I was one day late on him, and. I sure wish I could have got him. I think it was uh, um, Josh Coleman, I think, for who you know, playing a dynasty league. I think he's the one that got him off me there. Um, is he a top 100 play? Do you think he's going to go in the top 100 this offseason? Because I've heard people suggest that, that he might get there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Got me. I do a lot. I do a lot better. Like, thinking of top 100, obviously, I know that's round seven, but. I do, I do better when I like see him next to other names, mm-hmm. rather than just picking that number out of thin air. So I don't know, but well, let's just I, I could see it. I could see it. Yeah, let's just do go with some of these names I did on the last him or him game, and I'm going to try to pick some names that I think could be around there, like uh, Gavin Williams and Joe Ryan. Uh, I. I don't know. I'm going to have to dig a little bit more on, on, uh, my, my first, my first inkling is that I won't be in on Reagan's like just off, off the cuff, but could change. I don't. Yeah, it could change. I want to look into it a little bit more and I, I could honestly totally change my mind. I just, when I like putting him next to all of those names that you mentioned, I would take every single one of them over him. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I mean, you didn't get to the last few. No, I'll just there, read them but, off real quick but since you said that. Uh, Chris Sale, yeah. Charlie Morton, if as long as he doesn't retire, and Kodai yeah. Singa. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's going to go ahead of, at least ahead of Sale and Morton. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just have a feeling that when we get to the offseason, I'm going to see where Reagan's is going, and I'm just going to kind of be like, I'm good. Like I just I don't think I'm going to be in on it, but like I said I need to do a little more digging on it. 
I'll say this. I went to go look and see what his max innings was in a year. And just last year, he threw 134 innings, basically. So that's, yeah. that's not bad. Okay. Um, last pitcher I've got here is Kyle Bradish. Uh, another one that I didn't realize how good he's been this year. For the year, he's at 139 innings, a 3.03 ERA, 136 strikeouts to only 39 walks. Uh, his August was really strong, 2.12 ERA with a sub-1 whip at 0.97, and 35 strikeouts in 29 innings. His expected ERA is 3.9, so he's been a little lucky here, but I'm not sure he's an arm that's has a you know big name attached to him to where... I wonder if he could go under the radar or, you know, if maybe people are seeing those season, season stats and push him up. I could, I could see it going either way. Like, what are your thoughts on Bradish? Yeah, I could see it. I, or I think that he could still be a value. He's been pretty good. Um, feels like it's been kind of under the radar. I've got him on a couple teams and, it's a kind of it's almost gotten to the point that he's just really easy start mm-hmm. pretty much in any any matchup. Um, he's going to deep into games and he's he's one of those guys that just the Orioles have obviously the Orioles have had a great year, but a lot of it, I mean, their offense was always good and it's the clear strength of the team. But he's just been one of those guys for them that is really uh, really done well and kept their like their pitching has been close to league average. I think I want to say it's been a little little above league average. They're starting pitching and for a team like that's built like that when they've got one of the best offenses, I mean that's really good. So, and he's been a huge part of it. So, and we've talked about Grayson Rodriguez I think a little bit, but man, he's been incredible to where they yeah. they I don't I don't know what Grayson's innings, but I'm assuming they're going to be having him going out there starting in October. And if so, that, you know, that's not a bad one-two combination whenever you've got that good of an offense behind you. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, we're going to take another quick break, and we're going to come back and talk about a couple streaming options before we get out of here. All right, same rules as usual, Andrew. These guys are un- owned in under 50% of Fantrax League, so hopefully a few of these names are out there and maybe we can find some- we can find somebody to be picked up and started, though I'll say right off the bat, and I'll circle back to this, I did not like the list this week as much as I've liked the last few as we're looking at options. Tanner Houck was one I was going to use, but I'm not feeling as sure now. He got hit around by Baltimore on Friday night, and that's two straight starts with at least four earned runs. He's facing the Yankees next week, who are playing a lot of young guys lately, even though one of them's the soon-to-be Mickey, the Mickey Mantle version 2.0 that we were talking about and Jason Dominguez. <laughs> so I'll start with him versus the next guy here. Another one we've talked about a lot, still under 50% owned, is Reese Olsen, who's home Cincinnati. Weird last two starts before he pitched tonight on Friday. Um, on August 28th against the New York Yankees, he threw only four and a third inning, but three hits, four walks, one earned run, but 10 strikeouts. He was in 100 pitches, so he was not able to go deep, but, you know, got a lot of strikeouts there. And then on September 2nd, he threw seven innings, four hits, no walks, no runs, only one strikeout. So when you look at those two back-to-back, they're just all over the place. Um, Tonight, as we're recording on Friday night, he was home against the White Sox. They lost, but he pitched well with um, six and two-thirds innings, two hits, one walk, two earned runs, five strikeouts. So again, Reese Olsen, home Cincinnati, or Tanner Houck, um, I think it was home New York Yankees. Olsen. Okay. Easy. Yeah, I thought so too. I I, I just I just can't trust Tanner Hawk for anything. No, nope. like, I just don't trust. I don't trust him at all. I did not like my options this week, as I said. 
Next one is Zach Littell at 28%. Uh, been in the rotation since late July, and his last 30 days, he's had six games started with 35 innings, 25 strikeouts, a 4-5 ERA, but a 1.065 whip. And in his last start against Seattle, he went eight innings, five hits, one walk, one earned run, and four strikeouts. Likely a two-start week next week at Minnesota and at Baltimore. Oh man, that's you don't love the don't love the match. Don't love don't love the Baltimore one. I mean, Minnesota strikes out a ton, so probably a pretty good strikeout week for him, given that it's two starts and one of them's against Minnesota. It probably depends on how much I need the volume, but I will say I'll stick with Olsen. I don't know. It's close. It's close. If you're needing strike, let me ask you. Yeah, if, if you're you need strikeouts and, win- and wins, like, it, well, you get a second shot at a win, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, strikeouts and wins, Latell ratios, or like you just don't want ratio damage, Olsen. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair, and that honestly gives the listeners something because, you know, like we said at the very beginning of the episode, pay attention to your categories and where you're at. Cause... Yeah, add Baltimore is just one of those where it can go sideways for anybody. But, yeah, I think it just depends on what you need. Yep. Jake Irvin is the next one, 23% owned at Milwaukee next week. We're going to talk about this one on the ratios because I think, uh, well, I'll give you the chance with it. Um, his last 30 days, four games started, 20 innings, 20 strikeouts, eight walks, a 2.28 ERA, 1.183 whip. Hasn't give up, given up more than three runs since July 26th, and he's at Minnesota, Milwaukee, if I didn't say that. Uh, I would take either of the other two Okay, over him. Uh, last one is Slade Ciccone. Is that how you say his last name? I might have asked you this before. I too. think I think Ciccone, Ciccone. But I don't I don't know hundred percent if that's correct. I think I asked you this once before, and I think you said that. <laughs> um, he is one with a two start week with at the Mets home Cubs, twenty four innings this year, eighteen Ks to four walks, a four point four four ERA, one point one five one WHIP. His worst start was this last week, which was at home against Baltimore when he went three and a thirds with nine hits, six runs, four Ks. But it's two strike, two starts, but would you say, I think just listening to you, I would probably would think you'd go Zach Littell first? Yeah, I would take Littell, I think, over him. And then it would just be a matter of probably Littell or Olsen. Yeah, I think those are my two. Would, do you think with Olsen and Latell, do you think there's some, like, again, like I said, I didn't feel great about the options. Do you think you'd feel more comfortable taking a reliever over these options this week? Or do you think you'd want to go with one of those? I mean, it's just you're giving up you're giving up some strikeouts, you know. it's That's the thing is sometimes when you start a reliever, mm-hmm. you're, get, you're getting like one strikeout or yep. two. And with Latell, you could get double digits pretty easy pretty easily you know so just depends on what you're looking yeah for it just depends on what you're looking for i mean sometimes i get in the spot where i'm like i don't want my ratios to get cooked this week so i'm gonna put this reliever in and now granted they could have they could blow up in like a third of an inning or two-thirds of an inning but they're not gonna get as much bulk so they're it's just less likely that they're going to completely cook your ratios like a starter can. Yeah. So if you just don't believe in the starter, then you pretty much should always take the reliever. But it's, it's that game, you know, it's, it's kind of that game of, cause you know that uh, you're losing out on win potential and strikeout potential and stuff like that. So that's the game you play. Yeah, I agree. And Olsen and Latell seem like okay options. They're they're not yeah. great, but yeah, I think I agree that I would probably take them over a reliever, I think, for that reason. If the Olsen if the Olsen start was in Cincy, I wouldn't touch him, but Agreed. at home that's that's a lot better. All right. Well that's gonna 
finish up the episode for this week unless you got anything else you want to add. Um, I think I'm good. We were just talking before yes. we got on the air. There's only like 20, 21 games left for these major league teams. So we're pretty like we got three weeks left of the major regular yeah. season and that's it. Yep. Three weeks, three weeks from Sunday is the last day. So good luck to everybody down the stretch that's fighting for championships. And yeah, here's one football season starts up this weekend, the NFL season. Yeah, um, and I didn't get. I'm not giving you any time to think about this, but if you made a prediction for who is in the Super Bowl in January or February, um, I haven't made an official prediction, but I did use. Uh, they had a, a promo on FanDuel where you take a team and then you get like free uh, free bets back every time they win a game. Uh huh. And I took the 49ers. Yeah. Your favorite your favorite team. <laughs> yes, and I They were ten they're ten to one to win it. So I, I took them. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl against Aaron Rodgers. I, I believe that the Jets are gonna have a great year. I just feel like they've got good energy to them. If it goes south, it could go really south. But I just think it's gonna go well for them. This is the best team Aaron Rodgers has had around him in a while. I think they're gonna go to the Super Bowl. And they're going to face the 49ers, and Aaron Rodgers is going to face his demons and get beat by them again. <laughs> <laughs> so my pick is 49ers over the Jets. I think this is the year it happens for San Francisco. I think my, I think my pick would be Niners-Bills. Yeah, I, I I'd to, love to see if I that. I had to pick. I want to see but. the Bills win a Super Bowl. I mean... You know, you and I are the same age, which means we live through the being as kids thinking about and like the older I get, the more I think about them making the Super Bowl four years in a row and losing it. It really pains me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that would suck. Yeah, that was that was wild times. Yes, so I'd love to see it. Love to see it for Josh Allen and you know the Chiefs already got a loss on their hands, so who knows? Maybe they can. Maybe the maybe one of these teams can actually get themselves some home home field, but I think this happened with the Chiefs last year, and then they still came back and ended yeah. up home field. Long, long season. It is very long. So, hope you all enjoy baseball these last three weeks. If you're into football, hope you enjoy some football this weekend. I know I'm going to be. And yeah, we'll be back next week. Until then, take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 